Who goes first? You just did. Okay, cool. <laughs> Welcome to the cabin. I'm Eric. Welcome to... She's Mariah. Audio Dave just interrupted me. And hello, Susan. My apologies. Right. <laughs> Welcome to another exciting episode. Perhaps not the exciting episode that you were expecting. If you listened to last week, in the holiday shuffle, things got moved around. And we are not doing our Town Packers episode today. Uh, we're giving it a little more time to... We, we took a bye as well. We're gonna yeah. <laughs> we're gonna wait until Super Bowl week when it'll really matter, and we'll <laughs> we'll air our Packers show that. No, I don't know if that's gonna line up that perfectly, but it'd be nice if it did. Yeah, mostly we wanted to give all of the listeners more time to get in with their voicemails to answer the question that Mariah posed last week. Last week, right? I'm all turned around yeah, now. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so yeah, be sure to call in and let us know if you are Team Aaron Rodgers or. Brett Favre. Or, or Bart Starr. <laughs> <laughs> Can't forget that one. And what's the number for that? It is 608-909-1935. Excellent. Always nice to start with an ope. Ope? Yep. <laughs> sure is. And did we want to call attention to another birthday? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Gee, I wonder whose birthday it's going to be. <laughs> Yes, and I specifically like to honor my birthday every year. My birthday's tomorrow as of the day this is launching. My birthday's on January 13th. And I laugh every year because every time my birthday is acknowledged, Eric shares the exact same story with me as if I hadn't heard it the other eight years I have known Eric. <laughs> I've only told it to you two or three times, no, but it was impactful. No, that is that is false. <laughs> so our diehard listeners may have caught wind of this over, I don't even know what episode this would have been, but I do think you need to enlighten our listeners now with, with that very story. Susan, what were you have doing? you heard this story? I have not, so I'm okay. intrigued oh, with the new cabin listeners. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just think it's funny because the night you were born, I was a senior in high school making out with my brand new girlfriend at the time because the night of January 13th became our anniversary. So on the 13th of every month until we broke up when I graduated because she was a junior, um, <laughs> that was our anniversary. So, and it all came about because one night we were all staying Airbnb style in a house because we were on a shoot somewhere. Oh, progressive. I think it was you. in Phelps. And, uh, we oh, were all not talking in about. Oh, I thought he meant high school. I was like, you were in high school. No, 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 no. Wow. School. I'm talking so, about all of us, the DW oh, crew. Uh-huh. Oh, got you. Okay. But Years I, later. Somehow the topic came around to when were we all born, and everybody laughed at me because I was the oldest by, I don't know, a decade or whatever. And, um, but Mariah, when you mentioned when you were born, I knew what year you were born. I thought, oh, geez, I know what I was doing that night. So, yeah. <laughs> So it cracks me up. Every, I expect that story every year on January 13th for the rest of my life. Annual tradition. <laughs> I just, if, if that night, if that night you said, hey, not only do you have a new girlfriend, but in 30 years or so, you're going to be co-hosting a television show about Wisconsin with someone who was born tonight. <laughs> I'd be like, you're nuts, but hey. Basically, so January 13th was life-changing for two of us on that call. Yes. <laughs> In very different ways. You more so than me, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little more life changing for me. A little bit. Anywho. So I'm not getting serenaded? You don't want me to sing, Maria. <laughs> 
I know you always I DJ for that. a reason. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Okay, how about this? This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. Okay. Aww. Perfect. Right? There we go. <laughs> Happy 24th, Mariah. Yeah, right. Oh, am I getting to that age where like you start to lie? I can't I can't accept that. <laughs> I'm 33. I'm going to own hey, it. Hey, in all my 28 years, I've learned it's okay to lie about your age. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> so we're not talking about Packers today. What are we talking about? We're going to our largest city, Milwaukee, and we're going to dive into some Get Ready Audio Dave hidden gems. Nice variety of them, too. All right. The Cabin is brought to you by the Wisconsin Counties Association. And this week we're featuring Forest County up north there. It is nicknamed the heart of the great hardwood forest of the state. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. That's not a nickname. That's a tagline. I feel well, like. Well, it says nicknamed on my script. So <laughs> talk know, to Susan. Doesn't it seem like a really lengthy nickname? That is a long nickname. nickname. <laughs> that was according to their website. So. Nicknames are like Sparky or Nate Dog, not yeah. the heart of the great hardwood forest of the state, but you know. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. Yeah. I Check believe their you. tourism website. <laughs> I believe you. I'm, 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 I'm teasing whoever called it a nickname. So sorry, Forest County, but that's a dang tagline is what that is. <laughs> anyway, continue, please. Uh, it's home of the Forest County Potawatomi community and the Sokaogan Chippewa community. They both have reservations up there. And the story of how Forest County came to be is pretty interesting because in the 1800s, hundreds of men were hired in the hills and hollows of eastern from eastern Kentucky to go by train to northern Wisconsin to work the logging camps. As you know, logging was a huge industry up there. So they found the land during the spring and summer months to be a lot like Kentucky, just you know, a few months back because the climate's a little different up there. And a lot of them said they love it and they stayed and they found land. They brought their families up to live there. And so there is kind of a community of former Kentuckians that live up there. And they now host an annual Kentuck Days festival up in Crandon. And that takes place in mid-July. I wonder if they came up in spring and summer and were just in for a rude awakening mm. when winter came around. Well, that's probably true because Kentucky's a little milder, but see, March and April down there are more like May and June up here. So okay. if you've ever done a bourbon tour down there, April's the time to go. Okay, noted. But anytime's wow. a good time to go to Crandon or Forest County and enjoy everything that they have up there. If you love the North Woods, that is definitely a place to go. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, but today's Campfire Conversation is taking us to southeastern Wisconsin. Today we are talking about one of Eric's sweet spots. It's all about Milwaukee and its hidden gems. I'm actually really pumped for this show because I've been saying for a while now, I feel like I I need to do some more exploring in the Milwaukee area. So I came here to learn, Eric. I'm going to sit back. Same. And I'm just going to, yeah, you're going you're gonna to do all the heavy lifting here. I hope you're ready for it. <laughs> Oh, I can do it. I hope by the end of this podcast, I am questioning my loyalty to Madison over Milwaukee. Oh, okay. That's a challenge right there. That's a really good way to pose it here is see if you can Mm. talk us Madisonians, not out of our love, but see if we can kind of at least feel like, is there, first of all, is there a little bit of a fun debate? Yeah. Is there? Oh, sure. I, I don't know that I've caught it. Okay. I've, well, I go back and forth between the two cities very, very, very frequently. You do, yeah. 
I love them both. And, um, it's, and I lived in Oconomowoc when I was a kid for a while, which is right in between the two. And the two cities, they're very different. Milwaukee's been, it's bigger, it's more industrial, it's been more blue collar. And Madison's more kind of a laid back university town, government town. And they just have different histories yeah. and different attitudes. And so Madisonians like to make fun of Milwaukee. They think it's this big monolithic, annoying thing to the east. <laughs> and then Milwaukeeans look at Madison as the big, you know, perpetual college student, or, you know, they always say Madison's 77 or 90, some however square miles surrounded by reality. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and Milwaukee's pretty real. It's, it's, been, it's been a gritty city much of its life. And I mean, I live in an area of the city called the Third Ward, which is, you know, big old industrial buildings that yeah. have now been repurposed for all kinds of things from condos to shops. I mean, we've got, I have a Wahlburgers and a Shake Shack within a block of me. <laughs> and you tell somebody you live in Milwaukee and you have those two things, somebody from New York won't believe you. But <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of difference between the two cities. And it's fun to talk about Madison hidden gems at some point, but today yep, for sure. we're, we're all about the big brew. So, well, and before you even dive in, can you expand a little, just because you like, I know you're passionate about the whole state, but it really is like Milwaukee is, I think it really truly your sweet spot and it's home for you. Like well, when I was you born there. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I mean, can you yeah. just kind of expand on that a little bit? Just because I think sometimes it's hard for people to feel connected, obviously to a city, to folks who aren't from there or live there, it seems just like this far off ginormous, <laughs> you know, like oh, huge city. It's very different in that way from the rest of this state. And I, I always find it to be so much more approachable than people think it's going to be. Yeah. I know a lot of people that live in the burbs or outstate and they don't dare go to Milwaukee. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, for crying out loud, right? put your big boy pants on and get your butts <laughs> down here. It's a, it's a wonderful city. Now there's wide swaths of it that have seen some challenges. Mm -hmm. which is true, but that's, mm -hmm. that's true of any large city. Mm -hmm. and frankly, that's true of some parts of Madison now and some parts of other cities and especially around the country. So, you know, Milwaukee is no exception to that, but if you come to various areas, especially downtown and the lakefront, and if you come to a game at American family field, I'm going to have to get used to saying that now, <laughs> right. um, or, or a Bucks game at Pfizer forum or any of the other, you know, the museums and all the cultural institutions, you're going to find it's, it's a wonderful place. So Milwaukee, now Alice Cooper gave you a good history of Milwaukee and Wayne's world, so I won't rehash <laughs> that whole part. But it is where three rivers converge on the city. It goes out through our port, which is just south of downtown. There's a big bridge called the Hone Bridge. There's a big yellow arch. It looks like a McDonald's. They just did a whole project where they lit that up with LED lighting. So it looks super cool now with all these designs and colors. That's really cool. Downtown's grown nicely. Uh, if you look at the downtown skyline, probably three of the five or six tallest buildings you see have all been built within the last 10 to 15 years. And there's one or two more going up as we speak. So downtown's gotten a lot more dynamic and a lot of the neighborhood connections have been improving too. So there's, there's lots of little pockets that are starting to come out nicely as their own, uh, as their own little districts in the city, which is nice, has a long history of, of industrial workers coming from Europe and then from the American South and it's got a long history of innovation. A ton of things were introduced here from the water meter to geez, just about everything else. I've got a long list in my head, but I'm so focused <laughs> on the hidden gems. They're not popping out of my brain right now. Uh, it also was, um, home famously to the cryptosporidium scare of 1993 where the cryptosporidium 
virus? I forgot what cryptosporidium oh, was. It's what? Some sort of nasty little thing that got in mm-hmm. the city's water. Oh my goodness. And it, it, it sickened hundreds of thousands and it killed hundreds. It was a terrible thing. But it's going to lead to my first hidden gem. Oh. <laughs> All right. That's that's I, the one I'll do. And then I was <laughs> just going to say. Take my finger off the one? trigger. Um, and Because, again, this is kind of a random list. So, But I'm going to go first to the Prior Avenue Iron Well which is in a Milwaukee district called Bayview, which was a separate suburb until 1892 when it incorporated with Milwaukee. And it's just this little thing on the sidewalk on Pryor Avenue near the lake, and it is a spring well that just constantly shoots out water all year long, all day, all night, constantly, because it's providing water from an underground spring. And during the Cryptosporidium scare, which really hit the entire city and parts of the metro with Milwaukee's municipal water for that period of time, undrinkable unless you boiled it people were lined up around the blocks at the prior avenue iron well because that was pure pristine water that was safe to drink Hmm. and to this day if you go to the prior avenue iron well you can load up on all the water you want for free there's a little bit of an iron taste to it but hey that's a mineral and it's good for you (laughs) so and that's in the bayview neighborhood which is a very cool eclectic neighborhood that's filled with all kinds of great bars and restaurants and it's very cosmopolitan mm. so, love that area my grandpa went to high school there too bayview class in 1934 so <laughs> and i'll also stay just west of bayview on the near south side we're going to talk more about cocktails next week yes. but i'm going to shout out two particular places actually one is in bayview called at random the other is called bryant's and that's over on the near south side just to the west but these are two classic, authentic cocktail lounges that date back at random, I think dates back to the 40s or 50s, Bryant's. I know they've had to rebuild once or twice, but they've been, they date back to around that era too. I know the stereo system in Bryant's is from the 60s and 70s and I love looking at it. <laughs> they're, they're dark, they have classic cocktails, the music is perfect, the ambiance is perfect. I know it at random, they don't even take cash and I always seem to get the same server there. She's about 82 now, but she's worked there for decades and decades. And in those places, you can't you can't really get a beer. And I don't even know if you can get a glass of wine. It is strictly cocktails. Wow. And they make them from scratch fresh all the time, whether it's ice cream drinks or an old-fashioned or any, you know, you want a Harvey Wallbanger? Go there. They're great places and they're super authentic. Yeah, I've heard of bartenders who really specialize in the history of cocktails and even write books about it will go to work there or have some history tied to Bryant's. Hmm. True mixologists go there. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is a it's a great place to check out. So I don't know how hidden they are for Milwaukeeans, but I think for anybody visiting, you know, it's not something that's out there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stay on the near south side and give you a couple more things just in that neighborhood, a little bit southwest of downtown. One is Kaz's Mini Bowl, which opened about 110 years ago. It is the last original duck pin bowling alley in the United States. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> but No, it's, it's really cool. You go downstairs, there's four bowling alleys and they've been at it forever and ever. They, they would hand set the pins, for example. Oh, that's great. And it's it's slightly smaller scale, but it is so much fun to go down there and bowl. You drink on the upper level of the bar, and then you go downstairs into the basement for the bowling. Also on that side of town, because everything is old and cool and throwback, from an architectural standpoint, just off of Lapham Boulevard, which is also 27th Street at Burnham, 
on the near southwest side. There is a thing called the Burnham Block. Architecture fans, we've talked about Frank Lloyd Wright on this podcast before. There's an area there called the Burnham Block. And Frank Lloyd Wright, for a while, wanted to design a series of houses that would be great for the middle class that you could just duplicate by the thousands around the country or the world. And great examples of those houses are on this corner at 27th and Burnham. So if you want to check it out, now there's signs that actually point you to them now because I think more publicly the historic significance has been recognized. But you can drive over there and just enjoy those cool houses. They're not, you know, massive grand homes like Taliesin or something like that, but Mm. they're unmistakable in the Frank Lloyd Wright style. Mm. Then if you want to go a little bit west, about 10 more blocks west down Lapham Boulevard, there's a cool old bar. You might look at it and go, what the heck? What's Eric taking us to? (laughs) Kochansky's Concertina Bar. Trust me, go in there. It will be a blast. Uh, It's been a concertina bar. It was called Arts Concertina Bar for a long time. It's been that kind of bar in one form or another since probably at least the 30s. And it's been a bar since long before that. It is kind of the heart of the old Polish community. Mm. And there will be squeeze boxes playing by bands (laughs) very, very frequently. You will get international beers, particularly from Poland. Your choice of a bunch And there is an outdoor patio, and this kind of in an otherwise industrial slash residential neighborhood, but right next door to the building is an outdoor concert space that in the summer uh, really draws a lot of people. And But if you just go around the corner up a few blocks and over, you can also go to a great old school supper club called the Jackson Street Grill. Now, the place itself isn't that old, but it's in an older building and it's old school style supper club action. And you will enjoy the heck out of their menu and their drinks. I've had an old fashioned at Jackson Street Grill. It's pretty darn good. And uh, yeah, we were wowed by every dish we had there. So those are all hidden gems, in my opinion, that can all be visited in one easy afternoon, evening, however you want to do it. Very nice. Just to jump in here for anyone else who is wondering, duck pin bowling is a smaller scale of bowling pin yes. that were named uh, because they looked like a flock of flying ducks. So oh. it's just a small scale bowling setup. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought I had that covered when I said Kaz's mini bowl. Well, yep, that makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, every, everything on the south side is kind of cramped together. You'll notice the houses are very narrow. It's 30 foot lots and all that. So everything there had to be scaled down a little bit. You should lead like a walking pub tour. I feel like you would be like the ultimate Milwaukee host. That would be so fun. I would go on that. Let's make that happen for an episode or something. (laughs) Yeah. You are not the first person to say that. I bet. I'll happily do that. Maybe we'll do a video of that one day. We actually got approached to lead like a Discover Wisconsin, not RV, but like a Van Gelder trip. And they wanted me to like join it and host it. Hmm. And we considered it. And I think just at the time, logistics, it didn't work out because it was during the summer and we film a lot. But I'm like, that actually would be kind of cool to have like our viewers or listeners come out with us as we actually you know and then we can go live and bring dave and do our our actual live broadcast yeah slash recording okay i'll I'll, do it it could be our own version of the magical mystery tour no (laughs) a little how could you say no to a Mm -hmm. magical mystery tour right (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll go uh let's see I will go oh, also on the south side, kind of a fairly new hidden gem. Uh, it's on 6th Street, which is in a district called Walker's Point. Zocalo Food Park, which is, it's partially a bar, but it's also partially kind of an open little area off 6th Street that has suddenly become a mecca for food trucks. Oh, yeah. 
So you could go there and enjoy a drink in the bar, and then it's like going to a different restaurant or a set of restaurants every time you go there. So you'll That's see there's a lot cool. of authentic Mexican and Latino food trucks there, but there's there's a nice variety. And that's actually cool. something that everything I've talked about has been around a while so far. That one is pretty darn new. Hmm. Love it. Let's see. Let's go to the lakefront now. Now, that's not a hidden gem. Everybody knows about it. But there are a few hidden gems along the lake that uh, particularly people from out of the city may not know as much about. So I'll start on the uh, south end and <laughs> we'll go to South Shore Park Beer Garden and Shore Drive. Now, South Shore Park is in part of Bayview. It has a legendary view of Milwaukee because the city itself is kind of on an inlet of Lake Michigan that curves inward. And Bayview is where everything kind of curves outward to the southeast again. So if you're on the lake shore, you get a view of the water and you get a great view of downtown a couple miles away. So you get a fantastic view of that from South Shore Park. They opened a beer garden there. The Milwaukee County Park System did something very smart. About seven or eight years ago, they started opening beer gardens. And I mean, I remember actually being on a TV panel where they were talking about, is this a good idea or not? And I was like, it's a great idea. And some people were like, oh my God, it's going to be a disaster. No, it's been the best thing they've done in years. What were they and, worried about? Just Oh my God, everybody's going to get drunk and it's going to be a mess and blah, blah, yeah. blah. No. Have not okay. heard of a single negative thing happening at any of these. Knock on wood. Um, but the South Shore Park Beer Garden's great. And if you want a great view of the city from South Shore Park or Shore Drive, you must check that out. Further mm. to the north, near the lakefront, but along the river, the Hubbard Park Lodge is a great hidden gem. It's kind of on the Milwaukee Shorewood border, and it's like an old school couple of lodge buildings. And then in between, they opened a beer garden there. A cousin of mine had his wedding there. It was just really cool and gorgeous. A great place to check out. Further north along the lake is Lake Park, which is home to North Point Lighthouse, which is a very Instagrammable moment. And the Lake Park Bistro, which is a fantastic restaurant. It's a Bartolotta restaurant, a James Beard award-winning chef. Mm -hmm. Adam Siegel is there. We actually filmed there for the uh, Wisconsin's Cheese Trifecta episode oh. uh it's not so hidden again for milwaukeeans but for out-of-towners absolutely another good gem is the groman museum now a lot of people have heard of the art museum the public museum the groman museum is this fantastic one right downtown if you love industrial art you need to check this place out it's part of the milwaukee school of engineering campus it's on the corner of milwaukee and state streets and you will see some amazing art including paintings where it looks like i mean they're pouring things into the uh Geez, the burners, what do you call those things? For well, they're forging things, and there's a lot of fire, and the brilliant colors just leap off the oh. off the paintings, off the canvas. There's sculptures, and including sculptures on the edges of the building up top. So you can mm. actually tell which building the museum is. It's exceptionally, exceptionally cool. And uh, another thing that's cool that frankly is a hidden gem for a lot of Milwaukeeans is Havenwoods State Forest. It's in the middle of the north side of the city. And so a lot of people are like, ah, the north side, which parts of that area can be a little uh, sketch at times. But Havenwood State Forest is this huge area of woods and trails right in the middle of all that. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you need a state park pass to get in. But once you're in there, you have miles and miles of trails for walking or hiking or cross-country skiing, and you can commune with nature right in the heart of the city. That's so cool. Very nice. So it's pretty cool. I'll give you one more quickie, and it's right off Brady Street and Holton Street, just northeast of downtown, and that is Swing Park. Now, they have a bridge that goes over the Milwaukee River between Van Buren and Holton Streets over there. And right under there, they designed this whole kind of, it's almost like a playground. And there's just tons of swings under the bridge. There's a little, wow. uh, there's a little 
kind of a dangling uh, trail you can run or jog across the river under the bridge hmm. there. And hmm. there's a name for it that I'm blanking on just for that design. But there's a ton of cool swings under there. And a lot of people love to hang out under there and play under there and everything. So if you want to see something that's a little unique, check out the Swing Park under the Holton Street Bridge. That's also right above Lakefront Brewery if you need a reference. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I have about 30 more, but I'll stop there <laughs> due to time. Right, Susan? Yes, we are. I but think I'm think... running out of tabs on my browser. <laughs> too. I think we should do a follow-up episode that's a Madison versus Milwaukee debate. Oh, you should probably finish your list in there. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a ton of people, Mariah, who threw in some suggestions too, right? We do. I, I yeah. did reach out on Instagram and Twitter and just very quickly, I won't mention all of them, but we have trails underscore enthusiast on Instagram who says Doctor's Park. We have at Tuck Finn on Instagram says the Milverine. Um, That's a guy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that okay. is a shirtless guy who walks around the city. He's very hairy. <laughs> he kind of looks like a Wolverine, so they call him the Milverine. <laughs> I see him well, on my jogging runs. He sounds like the epitome of a hidden gem, I guess. I didn't know yeah. about the Milverine. I'm going to look for him now. He gets a drop. Is he a... <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Tuck Finn, for that. At Andrew Natvig, says Journeyman Rooftop Bar. On Twitter, let's see, we have LM underscore X1, Santino's Little Italy. Oh, that is a tasty place. Mino underscore Fire 21 says, any time spent in the third ward is well spent. And Ashon Pert on Twitter says, Brew City brand is great, as well as La Massa and Panada Bar. So, yeah, good baked mm. empanadas. Uh, Santino's Little Italy is also in Bayview. And I got to give a shout out. One of the other ones I wanted to do, Barnacle Buds, which is mm. like a mini trip to Florida. It's a cool bar, mm. seafood restaurant place, more of a bar right on the edge south of the port. It's got the rope, you know, the wood posts and the rope around by the water. People pull their boats up all the time. But you have to drive through these industrial buildings to get there. Oh, There's cool. nothing else there. And mm -hmm. like, you know, a date's not going, a first date's not going well if you drive your date through there because it's very creepy, especially if it's oh, nighttime. <gasps> and they're like, you're not going to murder me, are you? No, <laughs> we're going to a bar. Did that yeah. happen, Eric? Did that conversation take place? No, but a lot of, a lot of, I've, t I've joked with a lot of friends of mine who are women and they're like, yeah, it's kind of creepy if somebody's driving you there because if you don't know where you're going, because okay. it, it looks like we're all of the, action adventure movie like climax scenes will take place <laughs> so that's you one know. example where random steam and old where you buildings, go park your but, cars yeah. for the handoff <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it looks like where you bring squealers Gosh. well but if you date the right girl well, who loves horror movies then I she mean, might be thrilled you <laughs> yeah well I, I like that we ended our entire milwaukee Eden gems on that one <laughs> yep <laughs> You really know how to sell it. I tell you, that's hey. the part that sold me on Milwaukee. I'm there. <laughs> hey, I had a grouper sandwich there in September. It was wonderful. Nice. My bucket list just grew longer. I don't think there was one thing listed on Eric's suggestions that I've actually been to or experienced in Milwaukee. I don't Mariah, know if I'll I should take you be... on a tour anytime. Well, thank you. I was going to say, I don't know if I should be saddened by that or inspired by that fact. So you always come with the best suggestions. Yeah. Okay. From Milwaukee to Richland Center, 
There's got to be some kind of connection between those two cities. I'm not sure what it might be, but <laughs> in this hmm. episode, <laughs> we are switching gears here for good reason. Uh, we have our Richland Center episode that actually premiered in early 2020, actually almost exactly a year ago, believe it or not. Hmm. Remember January 2020, you guys? Remember, oh, such an innocent remember time, the right? Time? <laughs> oh, the possibilities. Only, the possibilities, the <laughs> hopefulness, the joy, the peace, the calm. Uh, there was so much to love in January 2020, including the premiere of our Richland Center episode, which is hands down one of my favorites. It actually might be my actual favorite of that entire season. I yeah. loved it. So to talk more about the Richland Center episode, we have special guest and cabin repeat, three-peat? How many Veteran? times? Veteran is, <laughs> thank you, thesaurus.com. <laughs> how many times, I was trying to get to you, how many times have you been on the cabin, Daddy? I really don't know. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm just honored that you guys keep bringing me back. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course. We didn't have anyone else to call. You were the only one in, so we just yeah, I, <laughs> I was trying not to say anything. But. My, schedule was, my schedule was open. <laughs> I've been waiting patiently. That's what phone. we like best about you. <laughs> right. He's so nimble. So Teddy is our lead cinematographer and films almost all, if not all, of our shows in some capacity. So we thought it would be awesome to get his perspective if we can think back to this show, which we would have shot in the summer of like 2019, probably. Yeah. yeah that just seems so far. Oh my God. It was <laughs> so a world ago. ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. But let's start with, first of all, do you have any like personal favorites in terms of some of the destinations and people we featured in that show? Is there anything, I know you, you filmed quite a bit for that show, but there's, is there anything that really stands out to you? Well, uh, there was quite a bit. I think the characters of Richland Center kind of stand out there. Um, <laughs> there's a gentleman named Gilbert at oh. Lonesome uh, Stone Milling. Uh, he had some of the best puns. I think he can even outpun you, Mariah. I think he, he was yeah. featured on that. He totally outpunned me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know what's funny is, sorry, during that interview, the whole time he was talking, I was thinking of puns in my head, which is not a good thing an interviewer <laughs> should, should admit. I know. But I was like, okay, I'm going to sit I go with this pun. This Okay. And then I dropped the pun. And then he just like totally went up to me immediately. I'm like, oh, you, you're totally used to the bread puns. <laughs> what it's I love. What I loved about that is like he held I felt like he held it after you gave the pun just like <laughs> really and then he was like it's on and then he just kept <laughs> dropping so many puns. <laughs> I think we had to stop him like okay we're, we're yeah. good. Let's let's get on to the milling part and the history of Lonesome. <laughs> we should have done a pun battle. That would have made that interview like that would have That t- would I mean, be a great digital yeah. short. There we go. Is, well, there we go. Yeah, Gilbert was um, a character is a, a great way to describe yep. him. He was just fun and funny and really interesting. And I can't say I've ever been to a, a mill before. So that was really cool to see. And that was actually outside of Richland Center mm-hmm. in the town of Lone Rock. Yep, that is correct, I believe. Yep. So I guess I, I cheated <laughs> a little bit. I guess in Richland Center, um, you know, he did just recently or passed away but lon who gave us kind of a tour of like frank lloyd wright 
inspired houses and his like sweet little red convertible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was pretty memorable because we had to figure out a way to film you guys while not being in the car. So I remember having the traverse, the back open, filming out <laughs> the back. GoPro surrounded you and Lon filming and then trying to run audio, which Dave is, was probably a nightmare for you. <laughs> um, yeah, you were, you were there, there too, audio Dave. There was a lot of de-winding. Yes. Um, and was that a, I'm trying to remember. Was that a two seater? That little tiny red convertible? No, I think it was a. I think it was a. Was it had a back seat? seat okay. But it was just so tiny, tiny that we could. It was tiny. very comedians in cars getting coffee. Getting yep, coffee. That was kind of <laughs> like the inspiration. Yep. That was definitely a part of the show. I wish would have been longer. Just because it was it was fun learning from him. And what other town does that? I mean, you can literally, you know, ride with the local around town. And, you know, obviously Frank Lloyd Wright has some influence and there's some connection to Richland Center. But there's some other very fascinating architecture. And there was a particular tiny do you guys remember going to that tiny little home it's owned it's a seasonal home from what i remember and it had it was like a two bedroom one bath but it was it's featured in the show i just remember mm -hmm. the bathroom had a glass wall and it blew my mind yep. like no privacy like you go into the <laughs> yeah. bathroom it's a glass wall wow. and yeah you really hope you don't have any peeping toms but it was a yeah. really, clear glass clear I, glass not, yes Yes. Wow. Clear yeah. glass. <laughs> like you, know. you, I feel a little vulnerable. And like, was it the second bedroom like a loft? So yes. it's just like, it's yeah. not. <laughs> like but it was the coolest a true bedroom, but it was home. so cool. It was so cool, yeah. You know, it's kind of cool just like finding those type of people that are like passionate about that because it really shows and tells how much they care and love about their uh, their town or their place that they live, you know, and it's really awesome to share in that experience. Yeah, it totally is. So where else did you go um, or do? You know what I remember was uh, that show open that we did. Uh, what was <gasps> oh, that? Yeah. That was at Mapleside, the footbridge over there. The footbridge, yeah. yes. But do you remember, like, I think we did that opening scene like three or four times because <laughs> uh, you could see in the opening, you could see some gold light hitting Mariah, and you could tell we were trying to it get was enough. The angels just coming yep. down on me. Yes, that's yeah. <laughs> that's yep. yeah. If you want to call, it <laughs> I forgot to put the. Uh, choir yeah, in the background <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know that's what we were going for yeah. Come on, Dave. missed opportunity <laughs> but so the issue we kept running into is because mariah was backlit and we had to give her some light in the front so we don't blow out that beautiful background in richland center but you can kind of see some hints of gold bouncing off mariah's face <laughs> so and no we, it wasn't my highlighter <laughs> <laughs> but i just remember uh having a gimbal having andy on the reflector the footbridge is meant to have like maybe two people wide and we had three people like trying to and then i think taylor was running audio from the other camera our producer so. yeah well it was that it was early morning when we that was an did early that morning, right yeah and it was beautiful the lighting was so beautiful it that's that's actually probably one of my favorite show opens too it just mm -hmm. like everything lined up perfectly it was yep. really gorgeous and richland center is just you know i think a lot of people don't make it out that way it's kind of off the beaten path a little bit in southwestern Wisconsin. It's the county seat of, of Richland County. Um, biggest town 
I think in southwestern Wisconsin, Platteville might be. Mm. Platteville, Prairie du Chien are probably bigger. Biggest town in that area, I can say that. And it's kind of tucked in the hills. It's the only town I can think of that's like genuinely surrounded by all these big hills and, you know, the, the ridges and the valleys. I just think it has such a pretty scene. So you can use the word nestled. It's nestled in the driftless area. Yeah, it just, it really is. And I love that drive. From Madison to Richland Center, I love that drive. US 14, it's a gorgeous drive there. Yeah. Uh, Speaking like of a gorgeous area, I think one of the coolest parts was, I forgot what his name was, but we went to Franks Hill and Mm. he talked about the effigy mounds that are at Franks Hill. And then we hiked up this hill and... You, you know, obviously we don't have mountains here in Wisconsin, but like you got to see everything on top of that hill and it like was just gorgeous. And the thing is, I was able to launch the drone too and get some of the shots of the effigy mount for like a bird's eye view, which I feel like it's very rare for me to get those chances to see that stuff from the air and actually appreciate like how something like that has been there for thousands and thousands of years and it's still standing. Yeah, the footage of that, I didn't get to go on the effigy mound shoot, but I remember watching it back in the final episode and it's stunning. It is so cool. Really, really cool. And it's cool to see the drone perspective because it's one thing to be standing near an effigy mound, but you don't quite get that true full 360 perspective until you see it from above and you're like, whoa, Mm -hmm. this is really an animal that they carved into (laughs) the ground. When he was explaining it, you're just like, okay, all I see is a hill. Oh, this (laughs) hill here? (laughs) This mound. And then when you actually get up in that bird's eye view, you're like, wow, like this is insane. And then to even think about it, like how did they like discover these things (laughs) without having some type of like overview (laughs) look to it, you know? To be that honest, was like, always a very curious thing about what the Native Americans were able to do with that. Yeah, because it's like, oh, it just looks like a hill mount. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you launch a drone up, you're like, oh, no, I do see the eagle. I do see the coyote they're talking about in those mounds there in that area. So yeah, very cool to crazy. see. I would say if you had a chance to go check out Frank's Hill, like it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Well, it's been stated, but the episode is really beautiful. One of the best Mm -hmm. of this season. You guys did an amazing job both on sound and visual. So I want all of our listeners to go stream it, whether you have already or haven't. Go stream it again and again and again (laughs) on YouTube, Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire. Crap, I did it out of order, Eric. Roku, Apple TV, Smart TV, (laughs) Google Chromecast, Amazon Fire. I think Mariah, I it's a new year. You can do a new order. It's all up to you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go look on the interwebs for Discover Wisconsin's Richland Center episode and let us know what you think. And hopefully you find as much joy as in the segments we were talking about today as we did when we produced them and filmed them out in the field. It was a very fun show. And um, it is in memory of Lon Arbogast. We mentioned him, but he was a huge part of the episode. And he's the one that's touring me around in the convertible. And he passed away actually shortly before we premiered the episode mm-hmm. last year. So um, so this one goes out to him. Thank you so much, Teddy, for joining us. As always, yeah, a thanks, pleasure. Teddy. Thanks, yeah, well, Teddy. Thank you for having me, and hopefully I can come on again. Get out of here. My schedule's open. We'll see. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Teddy. Gotta love him. Good old Teddy. He weaves good <laughs> stories, doesn't he? He does, yes. All right, well, here's our Wisconsin wellness angle. In order to eat, play, learn, and explore Wisconsin, you have to put your health first and make sure you're ready and capable to tackle the outdoors. Our friends at Group Health Trust are helping us look out for the health and wellness of Wisconsinites. Today, they are highlighting the importance of diagnosing symptoms in childhood asthma. Here are some risk factors. 
diagnosed allergies, including skin and food allergies or allergic rhinitis, a family history of allergies or asthma, prenatal and postnatal exposure to tobacco smoke, obesity, and living in an area with high air pollution. There is no cure for asthma and uncontrolled asthma as a child could result in permanent lung damage as an adult. However, for most children, it can be controlled with appropriate treatment and management. And if 2020 taught us anything, you guys, it was the importance of keeping our immune system up and our respiratory system healthy. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Mm, yep. Yeah. To read more about the symptoms and patterns in asthma, you can read more on our blog at bobber.discoverwisconsin.com slash childhood hyphen asthma. I remember thinking I had asthma when I was in middle school and I like couldn't run the mile as well as I wanted to. So I talked it up as I must have asthma. That's what's holding <laughs> me back here. And it was not asthma. It was just my poor endurance, turns out. I, I chucked mine <laughs> up to cake. Mm, yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's my yep. favorite way to eat eggs. What can I say? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so sad. Why? The joke more. wasn't that unfunny. <laughs> Because I don't have one single review to read today. I know. Sad day. And this is supposed to be my birthday. This is what I want for my birthday, you guys. (laughs) Okay. My birthday is tomorrow. So if you all, this is extremely, I'm not, I'm just going to be unapologetic here and totally shameless for my birthday. I would like all of you guys to leave positive cabin podcast reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever, or share our podcast with your friends and family on social media and tag me or tag Discover Wisconsin so we see it. I love reading your guys' reviews. And if you have reviewed already, grab your friend's phone and just like run away for a while while you review (laughs) from their phone. (laughs) Hijack their phones is what Audio Dave is recommending, and I don't hate it. It's like 30 seconds. It's in the name of Mariah's birthday. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay, but this is fun. So because we do want to see more reviews from you guys, and you've probably heard us talk about our Around the Campfire with Discover Wisconsin Facebook group, which I love. I look at that every day, you guys, and I always see people posting their amazing photography from all around the state. We are getting more and more cool stuff from that. I know. Mm -hmm. Isn't it so cool to see? It's awesome. So if you leave a review in the comment section, of Susan's post, you can actually earn two entries for also posting your review on Apple Podcasts, and then we'll announce the winner in episode 54 on January 26th. So you can leave a review on our producer Susan's Facebook post, which will be within the Facebook group around the campfire with Discover Wisconsin. So you get one entry for doing that, and you get a second entry if you go and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So what are we giving away? Do we know yet? Um, we haven't decided Tell them if what we're gonna. Won. <laughs> we haven't decided yet if we were gonna give away some just coffee or Ooh. a something from the Discover Wisconsin shop. So okay. Ooh. Well, stay you know tuned. what? We will hey, figure guys, it out. We can be bribed. So if you have, if you're like, leave the review and also your prize of choice, and you know, you just never know. You might. So we're advocating questionable oh, behavior, admitting oh, we can be bribed. What's next? <laughs> Are we gonna start? Sins. Are we gonna start drinking? <laughs> Yes, very soon. Yes, we will. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because next week, we're breaking down one of the most one-on-one things, if you will, one of the most basic things about Wisconsin, the brandy old-fashioned, not the whiskey. We're going all brandy on this one because she's a fine girl. And where in the state can you find the best brandy old-fashioned? We're coming to the table with a healthy, probably heated debate, so you don't want to miss it. Yep. 
Today's episode of The Cabin was hosted by me, Mariah Haberman, Eric Paulson, and Dave Janis. Produced by me, Susan Foch, and Audio Dave. Tune in next week for more campfire conversations and insight into the world of Discover Wisconsin. The Cabin is a production brought to you by Discover MediaWorks. To learn more, head to discovermediaworks.com and don't forget to leave us a review. I know. Here's this week's installment of Know Your Wisconsin. After a year full of uncertainty, there's one Northwoods winter tradition that fans can still look forward to. It's Derby Weekend. It's Derby Weekend! It's Derby Weekend! Woo! Welcome to the Derby! The 58th World Championship Snowmobile Derby will be held in Eagle River January 14th through January 17th at the World Championship Derby Complex. At this time of year, it's kind of a main event for this area. It's a big economic boost for all the businesses, gas stations, restaurants, or whatever. So we're excited to be able to, to pull this off, and uh, uh, we're going to have a very, very safe environment. Racing officially kicks off January 8th with the Vintage World Championship Snowmobile Races, culminating with the main event the following weekend. We do Friday Night Thunder, which brings in all the top uh, racers, and there'll be a runoff to see who has the fastest time. And then the next afternoon on Saturday, they qualify again for the number one position for the World uh, Championship race. Uh, very fast sleds, over 100 miles an hour on the straightaways, and trying to get them around the corners is always the challenge. The event will also feature motorcycle and UTV racing, as well as kick off the Badger State Winter Games with the lighting of the ceremonial Olympic torch by 1971 and 72 world champion Mike Trapp. It's a huge event for the whole Northwoods, and it's exciting stuff. It, I mean, it, you get uh, 12 sleds out on that track uh, going at those speeds and fighting for the kind of money and positions and the pride that it takes to be a world champion. It doesn't get any more exciting than that on a snowmobile. And now you know your Wisconsin.